The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it and I can't. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? You're very welcome back. So Pat Nevin, as usual, will be with us after nine o'clock to chat football. There is, as we were just discussing there in the news round, much rancour surrounding the shambles that was pre-game in Paris and much disagreement as to what the primary issue was. For instance, today, the French sports minister said that 40,000 Liverpool fans, either without tickets or with fake tickets, caused the initial problem and that local youths only exacerbated things. Very happy to say Henry Winter, chief football writer with The Times, who was at the Stade de France, is with us. Henry, appreciate the time. Evening. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. So uh, you were there and... It seems if you managed to get to the ground in advance of six o'clock, you had an okay-ish experience. Anything after half six was no fun at all. I was reading your piece in the Times. Maybe an hour before kickoff, you got word something had gone awry. Yeah, well, it was uh, Kelly Cates, uh, Kelly Douglas's daughter, who was there or certainly uh, um, knew what was going on with the fans that she tweeted. And I looked into it and a few of us went outside. I think it was probably about... 45 minutes before kickoff, the nine o'clock local time kickoff, uh, just to see what was going on. And you could see immediately that, um, well, there was no organization, there was no leadership. Some of the riot police were, were, were twitchy. And as they are, I mean, unfortunately, English football fans have a reputation. And the problem with the French police, unlike, say, the German police, who take it situation by situation and look at the reality of the situation rather than the reputation of the fans, often an unfair reputation, they... um, they were just sort of unyielding, unsmiling. They put obstacles in their way up from the uh, the station. So, you know, it was a, it, you know, there are issues at every major event. It's just how you react to them. And there was no proper intelligent reaction from the French side. And Henry, when you say no organisation, could you expand on that for us? In terms of anyone who, I mean, I walked up about five hours before and uh, you know, I was slightly surprised to see two police vans in that underpass from uh, walking up from La Plan. I mean, there are two metro stations there and um, one had reduced service, one was flowing normally. And you go through this underpass and they just cut the French police have deliberately created pinch points. So with these two vans, they're almost in sort of chevron formation. You had to sort of wiggle through them the flow when i was going through five six hours before kickoff was obviously fine i just walked up um but obviously it created bottlenecks later down the line and then to hear that the announcement from uefa in the stadium half an hour 20 minutes i think maybe before kickoff that the game was uh, delayed because the late arrival as they put it of liverpool fans i mean it was a it was a nonsense because they were arriving on time. I mean, Liverpool fans want to be there. They want to soak up the atmosphere. So, you know, there was a, so coming back to your point about the lack of organization, Mm. when you have a situation like that and anyone with half a brain could see that those, uh, those two police vans were causing huge problems and there were people, it was a hot day and there were people sort of struggling and they were, you know, they were not, not surges because the fans and their Real Madrid fans in there as well as neutrals 
were remarkably patient and everyone was just trying to keep calm. But this was a very dangerous situation created by the police. So if there had been someone with half a brain who could have said, move those police fans, we need this flow to come up. We need more gates open at the uh, at the stadium. We need to keep people moving through this concourse. We also really need the riot police to be protecting the fans who are heading in from the gangs of local youths who were steaming through. I mean, one of the journalists got mugged on his way there. The walk back out is never a particularly pleasant walk back to uh, the RER because you go through that underpass, you go through various areas, you keep your eyes open. You don't basically don't wear a watch to a game like that. You keep your phone in your pocket. You keep your wallet and your phone in your front pockets, not your back pockets. I mean, it's, you know, the usual thing. It's not, uh, it's not unique to that area, the parts of London, parts of wherever you go where you, you have to keep your eyes open. So it was... It was just poorly organised. Mm. There was no UEFA officials outside the ground that I could see. And I came out with a few of my colleagues and we went over to the fans who were up against the fence, which is always an additional sensitivity when it comes to Liverpool fans because of what happened in 89. And they were exhausted. Some of them have been individually sprayed. They were, they were doing absolutely nothing. They, I could not believe the patience of their fans, of uh, the Liverpool fans. Maybe in some respects it is because for generations they have been immersed in the stories of what can go wrong. And, uh, you know, maybe another fan base mightn't have been quite so patient or self-policing. We had Conor Moore, who I'm sure you would know from his impressions and they pop up on our uh, social media uh, pages. And he was at the game with family members, for instance, yesterday. And and, and what struck him was the self-policing aspect of fans that if anyone... And you you can imagine the mood as you realise you spent all this money and you're going to miss kickoff. You know, you're not moving and you haven't been moving and and you're going to miss the game as if fans tried to, you know, maybe climb up a fence or to do something, they were quickly told that's not going to help and calm down and behave yourself. But he had the story as well of arriving with five family members. They had six tickets in total and... Uh, five tickets were waved through and one ticket bought in the same batch. Uh, it, it was either his father or his uncle, but he was told that's a fake ticket. And so the the other five had to come back and show the person checking the ticket. Well, look here, look, these are the same batch. They're exactly the same. The numbering sequence. These are all legit. We bought them the same time, same place. And so you're thinking, well, there's the organisation which you've mentioned, which is shambolic. But then it seems the authorities couldn't even tell what was a fake ticket and what was a real ticket. Well, you couldn't. And some people had their tickets printed out. They'd had them in their pocket. It was a hot day. Whether they were easy enough to scan, I don't know. Obviously, a lot of people had them on on their phone. Look, we, we can't hide away from the fact that there was an issue with ticketless fans. There was an issue with fakes, um, which there is at many of these major events, particularly with this high demand for tickets, as you're going to get with, with two of the you know the most historic, well-followed clubs in the world. So that that was an issue, but the, but it's the scale of it. And that's something that UEFA has got to be honest about and work with Liverpool, work with the French police, work with the, uh, the, the French authorities and actually say, now, how big an issue with this? And what can we learn? There seems to be an element of sort of tiptoeing around the French involvement, the French youths who, who, who were um, basically steaming through and, as I say, mugging. And there were some really unpleasant incidents before the game and after the game as well. So football's got to learn from this because, you know, we could be having this conversation now where there were fatalities. I mean, I don't want to sort of over you know, egg it, overhype it, but it was it was pretty nasty in there. And all the anecdotal stories coming out, the footage coming out of it just showed how close football and UEFA were to, to a disaster there. And as ever with UEFA, money talks 
talks and the fact that you know we're hearing today that um, some of the, the corporate clients got caught up in this as well mm. and that they are considering letters of complaint to UEFA. Now, really, everyone who went into that ground, all 75,000, should be equal. Their views should all be absorbed equally by the French government, by uh, the French authorities and by UEFA. But we know in this modern moneyed world that we live in that it will be the suits who, if they stamp their feet, that's when UEFA will listen and maybe do something. Regarding ticketless fans or fake tickets, have we any idea? It's an impossible question, I suspect. Have we any idea on numbers? Because the French sports minister is throwing out some big numbers on that front today, thousands, up to 40,000 potentially. But have we any idea on how many and do we know what percentage are maybe from Liverpool or what percentage are local? I mean, my maths is terrible, but the one thing I'm fairly good at is estimating the size of a crowd. I mean, you, you know, all journalists are. We sit in the press box and we go, right, that's three quarters full. And you work it out. You compute with the, 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 the tiers. You, you look outside. And this idea, 40,000, that's three quarters of Banfield. That's a cop and a half. You know, the thought that that extra um, capacity, illicit capacity, whatever you want to call it, was actually wandering around northern Paris is just nonsense. And the suggestion of, again, it comes back to the fact there were some fake tickets, there were some ticketless fans, there were some definitely some ticketless local use, one of whom I saw, I mean, I was out at the concourse for probably about 35 minutes or talking to fans and obviously filing stuff. And I saw one fan climb over and he was a, a local kid. And I mean, it was actually almost sort of, it was a serious situation, but it was almost quite comical because he had a jacket on and he was running. He had a policeman on either side of him trying to restrain him by the shoulders and he just shrugged off his jacket and then disappeared up the uh, the steps into the into the stadium. In fact, at the top, he actually got stopped by a Liverpool fan, ironically, which probably doesn't fit the uh, French politician's mm. narrative. So again, look, you've got to come back to how it was being policed at the, at the gates. But... Even if there were fake tickets, and I'm sure there was an element of that, even if there were ticketless fans, the fact is, is that the pepper spraying, I mean, I got pepper sprayed as well. I mean, if you were standing around, you got caught up in it. But the pepper spraying was of people who even didn't even have time to get their tickets out because they were still away from the uh, the gates and they were just standing there. And you know all the stories of you know, eight-year-old kids getting sprayed, of uh, people in wheelchairs getting sprayed as well. So again, it seemed to me like the police had their agenda and the police had their pepper spray and one led to the other. And we're hearing just a, a general disdain for the fans amongst the police. Uh, people in very polite fashion asking a question because it seems there wasn't even much signage at the stadium. We're basically like shrug of the shoulders are just ignored frankly and then I mean there are plenty of videos there's one where there's this very innocuous looking Liverpool fan in his early 20s and he's at the turnstile seems to be mm. inside at this stage and all he's, he's so clearly just about to scan his ticket and it's like the most casual walk up it's like it's like somebody going around spraying plants in their house it's like oh there's one push into the face and he reacts incredibly well it's it's very weird when you do get sprayed because it's not an immediate thing. Okay. You know, you suddenly feel this in your throat, you know, seconds afterwards. Obviously, if you get sprayed from close range into your eyes, 
that is an issue. But there was no one there who was actually, there was no, from what I could see, immediate medical support. Well, we did. The paid mail. We thought it was paid at the time. But these guys are uh, trying as you to say, an innocent fan like that. Live Thursday, very, June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check on. out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. NHS, our NHS, you know, it should be dealt with with compresses, which I'm sure you wait for can't even spell, let alone bring out. So look, there were there were issues all around. For me, it came comes back to the agenda of the police, and that is a you know a long standing. I mean, I was in Marseille in '98 and Marseille in 2016 when England fans rioted, and the police again seem to have that fixated in their heads. But as you've been pointed out, these were innocent Liverpool fans who wanted to go and see their team. Real Madrid, some Real Madrid fans in them, great atmosphere. And then it was all turned sour by the police. I'm not prone to like conspiracy theories or, or, or uh, being just disbelieving of those in authority. But UEFA and the French sports minister, they are uh, you know, doing some damage and eroding trust in, if they're talking about 40,000 ticketless fans turning up and UEFA saying uh, fans late arrival to the stadium. If, if these are patently lies, you know, it's, it's, it's a really insidious thing to do. And again, Liverpool fans could tell you a lot about authorities uh, lying when it comes to this kind of issue. And for UEFA now, Henry, this is, if you take European showpiece finals, here we are two for two, Wembley and now Paris. And uh, I don't know to what extent maybe the success of those who got into Wembley without tickets has been something of an inspiration now. And, and locals saw those videos and said, right, maybe a few more thought to themselves, let's chance our arm here because, you know, we, we could just assume that everything's well organised, but Wembley proved it isn't. Yeah, and that's you know, as an Englishman, I can't really take too much of a you know a high moral ground on on stadium security. I mean, there were no police there. I mean, Wembley Olympic Way really needed police. I mean, about eight hours, nine hours before uh, kickoff, before the, uh, the the Euro final, there was an issue there with the timing. Clearly, it was it was more a security issue there when you've got sort of three thousand people trying to storm the stadium. Whereas these were innocent Liverpool Liverpool fans. Again, there was a percentage of ticketless fakes, but this idea of 40,000, I mean, it's just, she, when she said that, she must have thought, this is just ridiculous. 40,000 is a huge amount of people. I mean, you think of all those extra RERs that have had to have come up, all those Ubers who were dropping people nearby. You know, it's, it, it, it doesn't compute. And then for also, for, for UEFA to come out with what was a fair and straightforward lie about the late arrival of fans. I mean, it was an absolute nonsense. They arrived in good time. They were held up by the police. Mm. So does this really go anywhere? There's 48 hours here of uh, frustration and I'm sure there'll be a fairly anodyne UEFA report and uh, we forget about it and and thankfully no one hurt and and maybe they sleepwalk into another uh, situation where uh, people don't get so lucky or, or w will they surely do something now and get their act together do we think I would be surprised I mean my long experiences of UEFA I, you know unless the corporates turn on them and that is kind of a language that they understand which is you know they should be more broad minded than that look they're good people within UEFA 
but they've really got to open their eyes. They've got to step outside of the stadium, step outside of the executive lounges, actually walk around and experience what the majority of people going to a game is all about. I mean, I know there's the suggestion that is it going to affect the Rugby World Cup next year or is it going to affect uh, the Olympics in two years' time? I don't think so at all. I think it's a different dynamic. And again, it comes down to the uh, the perception, the unyielding perception of the uh, of, of the French police. I hope the French politicians, who you would assume are fairly intelligent, you know, the two who we've seen, the sports minister and the interior minister, look at the situation more closely, look at what they've said, read all the reports and look at the social media. You know, you've got, I mean, there were about 13, 14 English journalists who were down there um, by events. You know, we don't all then get together, sit around the table, get our cigars out and say, right, this is what we're going to write. You know, we're all rivals. We're all individuals. We all have different takes. Everyone came up with a central conclusion. Lack of leadership, poor policing, Liverpool fans badly treated. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Henry Winter, Chief Footballer Writer with The Times. Thanks, Henry. My pleasure. We will talk uh, about the football to Pat Nevin after nine o'clock as well. And our football show coverage and off the ball is brought to you by Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. And as I speak, uh, breaking news, no surprise, uh, UEFA have announced an independent report into uh, the events surrounding the UEFA Champions League final in Paris. The comprehensive review will examine decision-making, responsibility and behaviours of all entities involved. It will be led by Dr. Tiago Brando Rodriguez from Portugal. So that's some breaking news and no surprise.